So you've heard from the prophecy of Isaiah, God speaking, and God saying that Israel is the vineyard. So by staying connected to the vine Israel, you find the life of God. In that context, hear now the second reading, as we find Jesus speaking to us in John chapter 15, beginning at the first verse. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear, and here's the word again, much fruit and become my disciples. This for everyone is the word of God. Would you pray with me? By being in this place, O oh God, we acknowledge, we profess that you are God and that you have spoken to us. And we are here offering our lives back to you because we seek to live lives in obedience to your revelation. We thank you that you are a God that speaks to us, reveals yourself to us, so that you can draw us into a relationship. We thank you that you have gathered us together this morning. Your Holy Spirit is providing worship for our souls so that we can connect with you again and find that life-giving presence coming into us and flowing through us to the world around us. God, distractions are so many. We pray that you will give us ears to hear what you are saying to us. The life that we live is filled with so many good things. Sometimes we fail to make room for the greatest thing. Take us right now and make us completely yours. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. That night, that night was so dark in so many ways. 
Now, I do realize that at the time of Passover, it is a season of the full moon. So that night in Jerusalem, if it had been a cloudless night, that full moon would have illumined everything there in the city. But even if that was the case, that night was so dark in so many ways because that night is the night before the crucifixion. That night is the night of the Last Supper. That night, when Jesus spoke those words, I am the true vine, is the night before his betrayal and his being given over to those who wanted to murder him. In John's Gospel, chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, and 18, all occur on that last night. Chapter 13, they're in the upper room. Chapter 18, they're in the garden that we call Gethsemane. So everything between those chapters is Jesus speaking to them and speaking to us from that last night. It was on that last night that Jesus said, I am the true vine. I believe that the supper has ended and Jesus and the disciples are making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. I believe that as they're making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, they're walking through the temple precinct. And as they walk through the temple precinct, they would see many artistic renderings, many engravings of vine branches. Because according to their faith, they, Israel, were the vine. They were the vineyard of God. So I believe they're walking through the temple precinct. They see those visuals. And in the process of seeing those visuals, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Jesus says, I am the authentic, the genuine, the true vine. What he's saying to the people there on that night to his disciples is that life does not come into us and through us because we are connected to Israel. He has the audacity there on that night to say that life comes into us and through us because of our connection with Him. He is the true vine. He is the one who gives life. He is the one who gives such life to us that His life-giving Spirit flowing through us can produce fruit in us. And you see here in this text that the reason we're connected to the vine as branches is so fruit can be produced in us. And, as, and of course, as Christians, anytime we start talking about fruit, we think about the Apostle Paul and what Paul said in Galatians 5, where he defined for us, painted a picture for us of the fruit of the Spirit. And he, he listed the fruit of the Spirit this fruit in Galatians chapter 5, he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's an amazing list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who would not want their life to be filled with such fruit? Jesus is saying, the Christian faith declares that if you want that fruit, it is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit produced by the Spirit. It is the fruit that is produced in us by Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who is allowing Jesus Christ to be formed in them for their sake and for the sake of the world. John Wesley loved this text, John chapter 15. John Wesley encouraged his preachers to preach from this text at least annually because we as a Christian people need to be reminded we've got to stay connected to the vine or our branches we will wither and die and will bear no fruit. It takes a healthy connection to the vine for us to produce fruit. And you hear Jesus saying we're not just to produce fruit, but multiple times in this text, he says we're to produce more fruit. We're to produce much fruit, not just a little fruit. We are to produce much fruit. John Wesley on this text, preaching on this text, commenting on this text, said that to be a disciple of Christ is both the foundation and the height of Christianity. A disciple, the word simply means learner. We are a learner. We are an apprentice to Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. We are following in the dust of Rabbi Jesus so closely that we can live just as he lives in this world. And he desperately wants to produce the fruit of his spirit in us and through us in this world. A disciple is someone that is close enough to Jesus Christ, living in intimacy with Jesus Christ so that they can produce the fruit that the vine wants to produce in us and through us much fruit. Sometimes we, we spend a lot of our life inspecting other people's fruit. We need to make sure we're inspecting our fruit. How are we doing? Are we producing the fruit that the Spirit of Jesus Christ wants to produce in us? Are we producing more fruit? Are we producing much fruit? We need to be fruit inspectors as we evaluate our walk with Jesus Christ. Because you hear in this text, in a very stark way, what happens to a branch, to one of us, who refuses to bear fruit. Verse 2, Jesus said, He removes every branch, He the vine grower, God, He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Verse 6, Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away, thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned, and they burn well because they become tender for fire as they disconnect from the vine. That's what happens when you don't bear fruit. 
So I believe on this night, on this very dark night, Jesus is on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's walking through the temple precinct as he says this. And I believe that as he speaks about the branches that refuse to bear fruit, the eleven, because they're down to eleven at this point, the eleven that are walking with him begin to think about that other one who is walking on a different path this night. I think those 11 begin thinking about Judas. Judas was there in the upper room, but before they exited the upper room, Judas exited the upper room and went in another direction. But these 11, these 11 want to stay close to Jesus. These 11 want to walk with Jesus. These 11 want to journey with Jesus. And they are on their way with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I think they are thinking of Judas as Jesus talks about branches being removed from the vine and branches being thrown away and burned. Branches that refuse to bear the fruit that the vine grower wants to bear. This night is dark in so many ways. This text cannot help but call us to look at the question, which path are we on? Are we so connected to the vine that we are journeying with Jesus, we are walking with Jesus, we want to go where Jesus goes, we want to do what Jesus does? Or are we walking in a different direction? Walking along a path of our own making? Walking along, along a path determined by our own will and wants and wishes? Which path are we on? Not only should we ask which path do we want to be on, we need to ask which path are we on? There is a road less traveled. Jesus referred to it when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, as recorded for us in Matthew chapter 7. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take that path. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who take that path. So which path do we desire? Which path are we actually on? Jesus wants us to stay so connected that we bear his fruit, that we bear much fruit. We want to know Jesus Christ, not just know about Jesus Christ. We want to know Jesus Christ, live in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, as close as the branch is connected to the vine. And we want the life of Jesus Christ to be formed in us as Jesus Christ pours his life-giving spirit in us. That's our greatest desire. That's why we do everything that we do here at Wesley Memorial Church. 
That is our purpose for existing, to share Jesus Christ, share the life of Jesus Christ with the world around us. We need to ask ourselves, are we living, living purpose-driven lives? Or are we just living calendar-driven lives? What is our purpose in life? Tammy and I were able to visit the George W. Bush Library recently in Dallas, Texas. It's a wonderful library. I encourage you to consider going there if you're ever in the area. Uh, Tammy and I enjoy visiting presidential libraries. If you go there, um, you will learn something about George W. Bush's faith. And perhaps you know George W. Bush is a Methodist. Perhaps you don't know, though, what he has taken as his motto for life. In his governor's office and in the replica of his Oval Office, there in his presidential library, you will see a copy of one of Charles Wesley's hymns, A Charge to Keep I Have, A God to Glorify. President Bush took that for his purpose, for his purpose statement. Friends, what is your purpose? What gets you out of bed every morning? I hope it is a burning desire to worship Jesus Christ passionately. I hope it is a burning desire to love God and love neighbor extravagantly. I hope that it is a burning desire to witness boldly to your faith in Jesus Christ. Are you connected to the vine? Are you bearing healthy fruit? Are you bearing much fruit? Is Jesus Christ being formed in you? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we pray that you will finish your message in each one of us in these moments. Call us to yourself. Allow us to offer more of our lives to you than we've ever been willing to offer before. May our passion for you become that which orders our life, that which organizes our life, that which motivates us in our living. Jesus Christ, we offer our hearts to you. And we thank you that you are faithful and true. You tell us if we offer our hearts to you, you will come and dwell in us. So we offer our hearts and our lives to you. We pray that you will be Lord of every area.